Welcome to Boys of Summer. This is your host, Paul Arnold, and we finally have made it through a long baseball season to the World Series. What started way back in February in spring training is finally down to the final two teams. It's not the two teams that we hope for the most, each one of us, but hey, we have the Astros and we have the Nationals. Who would have thunk it? So first, Eric Braun, what did you think when you first realized the Nationals were going to make it into the World Series? I thought, man... How did a team get through making the Walgreens logo their own personal logo? That seems really odd. <laughs> I know they ripped that off, didn't they? And who straight up, straight up stole it? It's sort of the same um, font as um, Sweethearts too. You ever see Sweethearts? The oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah. So, all right. And then we also have Gene Gums and James. Gene, what did you think when you saw the Astros made it again? Uh, not surprised. Yeah. I mean, I, ex- I, I, you know, I expected it to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, I hope, obviously hope the Red Sox are going to get there, but when, uh, the way the Astros played this year, I wasn't surprised at all. I think the the nationals were the team that I still can't believe they're there. Right. Yeah. It was a big surprise and to see them play so well. And especially after they let go or said goodbye to Bryce Harper. And you've probably seen the meme that says, uh, you know, taking so many millions to go to another team and seeing your team, go to the World Series priceless instead of priceless. <laughs> <laughs> Taken off of that famous commercial for MasterCard. So both of us, all three of us, love baseball. And this time of year, I really finally watch every game. I'm in front of my 55-inch TV and my recliner, uh, drinking a nice hot coffee because it's cold where I live. Uh, and Eric lives down in Houston. And the temperature today, Eric, right now is what? Hey, we uh, we didn't even touch eighty today. I don't think. We are in the 70s. <laughs> Shut up, man. Poor guy. Uh, why don't you? Well, even we, we pay for it in the summer. I'm just saying it's it was it's actually it, this is actually the nice time of year here. Yes, yes. Well, we had a great time when my wife and I visited you in February, and it was close to eighty then. So <laughs> you might get yeah. a knock on your door again, uh, Gene. What was it like out in Connecticut? Today. Uh, today it was awful. It was uh, overcast. Matter of fact, it's raining now. It's only about 48 degrees. It's one of those cold rains. Yes. It's just just miserable. And we have so. frost warnings in Michigan tonight. So that tells you that oh, wow. this is Yikes. baseball at its best in new, almost November. <laughs> yeah. Well, we haven't, had, we haven't had frost here yet, and I'm, uh, I'm okay with that. Yeah. So let's start, before we get into this matchup, what was the first World Series that you can remember fairly well, guys? I'll tell you mine first. It was 1968. I was six years old. Detroit Tigers were playing the St. Louis Cardinals. Tigers were down 3-1, uh, and they went back. They went on to win three in a row because of a great overweight pitcher named Mickey Lolich, a left-hander who <laughs> came Lulich. in there, and uh, he won three complete game. Just think about it, three complete game victories. And Mickey's not in the Hall of Fame because he didn't have a real long career, but in t- Tigerville, he's still in our Hall of Fame. So, uh, Gene, what's the first World Series you can remember? Uh, 67, the Red Sox and the Cardinals. I mean, that's I, I, my first baseball game, I think, was in 1966. So that's really, really when I started following baseball. I was just a little kid. And I remember 1967 because Carl Yastrzemski was my favorite player. He won the Triple Crown that year. My father hated the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. So, of course, as a, as a, as a seven-year-old, I loved uh, teasing my father about the fact that the Red Sox were there. But that's the first one that I really uh, vividly remember. Was your dad a Yankees fan? 
Oh, yes, he was. Oh, yes, he was. <laughs> uh, well, and you know, it's, I think I told you this is part of the reason why I started rooting for the Red Sox was because my dad was a Yankee fan. My dad was also a New York Giants football fan, so there was no way I was rooting for the, the New York Giants, so I had to find my own team. You know, yeah. so it, I, think it's, I think that happens to a lot of fathers and sons. You either really bond with it or you go in completely opposite directions. <laughs> Push against authority. It happens yeah, to well, every generation. I, I've done that my entire life. Mm. And where just ask my, wa- where just ask my gotcha, wife. Where's it gotcha, Gene? Where's it gotcha? <laughs> Talking to you, Paul. Oh, <laughs> I deserve that one. Yeah, my, my wife and I were talking about our son, and our son really is against authority. He sees in Washington, D.C. and other places. And, and yep. I said, I wonder where he gets that from. And my wife says, Paul... And I said, what? I don't question it. She goes, Paul, come on. And I go, ooh, I have to rethink this a little bit. So, all right, Eric, we've bared our souls. When you were a kid, what was the first World Series that you remember? Uh, so the, the first series I remember was uh, probably 79, the, the year the Pirates won. Um, just, I think probably the only reason I remember that. Uh, I liked Willie Starr, Joel, but... Mm, um, the hats. But... Uh, yeah, but the 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 whole we are family thing. Are so family, I remember that. Yeah. And then yeah. the first one I really watched was probably the next year, 1980, the Royals' first World Series. There right, you go. where they lost to the Phillies and Pete Rose, who I still hate to this day, <laughs> um, uh, from that series. All right. Not for the usual reasons. <laughs> so I I we went through that to prove to most of our listeners we've been around a long time. So forgive us if we mispronounce a few of the younger players' names. Because we're just old men. At least I am. At least I'll, I'll claim it. So yeah, I think I think we need to stipulate that Gene's first uh, memory was a year before I was born. So I, I... <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks, buddy. <laughs> you had to throw that in, didn't you, Eric? You just I had... did. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. All right. All right. We'll get back sooner or later. All right. So here we have the Astros against the Nationals, and I've asked these guys to prep for this podcast. I know it's a strange concept, prepping, but um, I told them I would double their pay if they would prep, and it's amazing the response I got. So uh, let's talk about which star, which player on the Astros and which player in the Nationals do we think will be the dependable star? I mean, it doesn't mean the guy who's going to be most valuable player for the World Series, but the player you think is really going to be the consistent uh, guy that they'll lean on throughout the series. And so we'll start with Gene. Well, I think this is tough because, you know, my first instinct is to, especially for the Astros, is to say a pitcher. But a pitcher's only, you know, like Garrett Cole, I wanted to say him at first, but he's really only going to be out there for, what, maybe two games, right. maybe maybe three. So I can't go with a pitcher. So uh, I'm going to actually go with Michael uh, Brantley. Oh, nice um, pick. You know, and I know that, you know, Obviously, he's not one of the sexy names. You know, everybody talks about Springer and Altuve and Bregman. But I'll tell you what, Brantley is one of those guys that they they call him the professional hitter. He's one of those guys that just finds a way to get on base. And he really opened my eyes the other day. You know, we talk about him. We talk about what a great hitter he is. That play he made in game six of the ALCS, that diving catch and then doubling uh, Aaron Judge off of first base. You forget, you know what? He can play a little bit of defense too. So I'm going to go with Brantley just because I think that in a lot of cases, I think that the Nationals are going to try to pitch around Altuve. And then he's got Bregman behind him. So they're not going to want to pitch to Bregman either. So I think they're going to go with Brantley. And I think that's the guy that really could make things happen for them. Mm, nice pick. 
Uh, who do you think for the Nationals, Gene? Uh, well, I you know I'm going to have to go because I'm old. I'm going to go with the old guy, uh, Howie Kendrick. Oh, um, nice. And, and and I'm and I'm saying that just because this is a guy that was red hot. He played really well uh, through the NLCS. Mm-hmm. It's a guy that people don't think about because you know he had that injury, that Achilles injury, and he kind of disappeared. But this is a guy that was a great hitter for years when when he was with the Angels. And uh, I, I'm going to go with the old guy just because I'm old. But I think Howie Kendrick's going to have a big series for the Nationals. Good, two good picks there, not mine, which I like even better. All right, Eric. <laughs> Eric yeah, why don't you um, I mean, for the Astros. Yeah, for the Astros, I have to go with with Altuve just because he is, um, yeah. I mean, he's just utterly consistent. I mean, day in day out, he plays hard. He does, you know, he does uh, what needs to be done, even if it's small. The small things he takes care of, and uh, and you know, comes up clutch. So, um, you know, he, you know, we we've pretty much already sainted him here in Houston. So, <laughs> are you going to um, put you know, up a yeah. statue with him? Yeah, I think uh, will the, it be life size or bigger than my Wow, wow. <laughs> Sorry, size may have to, already. They may have to. Yeah, they may have to. Uh, uh, you know, expand his, uh, his height a little bit. Yeah, um, but yeah. So Altuve, which is the easy easy choice there. Um, over on so on the Nationals, um, uh, and I, I totally get what Gene's saying that it's uh, the the pitchers can only do, uh, you know. Every well, probably in this series, might be every third or fourth fourth day. But um, uh, you know, I'm I'm going to go with Max just because one, he's a Mizzou guy, and uh, I have to throw some props to my Mizzou people. Um, but uh, you know, I think if if the Nationals are going to pull this off, they really have to win tonight, and they have to win both of his starts, and uh, just for him to be consistent. And to come out and win tonight is, uh, is is pretty much the whole shooting match for them. So if he's not consistent and get and, and actually even beyond consistent, just uh, really comes through for them, uh, then they have a chance to win. But I, I really think a lot of this series is resting on his shoulders. I just read an article today about Max Scherzer and Verlander, Justin Verlander, when they were with Detroit for five years at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, the article was very interesting. Uh, both guys, when they were asked about each other leading into this World Series, were very polite and didn't say much at all. And other people were asked, and they just really didn't gel well together. They were competitive with each other, which helped, but they're just different mm-hmm. type of pitchers. And uh, obviously Verlander likes the spotlight, likes to date a supermodel, while you know Scherzer's more of the bulldog-type uh, guy that – inspired his team i think this year when he kept on playing through the black eye and everything the joke is mm-hmm. he had one blue eye one brown eye and one black eye so <laughs> uh, i heard on espn yeah, I, really, I, I, really, I can't I really uh, sure yeah so my for astros my one dependable star is carlos correa the shortstop because i think up the middle defense is so important and i think the nationals um will be hitting a lot of balls on the ground i think the astros uh, the Astros pitchers will make the national pitchers, I think, hit on the ground, and a good shortstop is really important, I think. Um, for the Nationals, my one dependable star is Mr. Baby Shark, Geraldo Parra, <laughs> just because I think sometimes you need somebody who's dependable in a way to get the team attitude back up because I think baseball is so much about chemistry, 
And Bryce Harper leaving, I think Bryce Harper was such a prima donna, and everybody was sort of watching him that when he finally left, the guys could settle down and just be themselves and be a little quirky and relax. And I think uh, Para does that in a dependable way. So I'm going to give you guys my two surprise heroes, and then we'll go to Eric and to Gene. So this is sort of that category, like there's always one player that you don't expect that gets the big hit or does something that you really need to have done if you win. And for the Astros, he's not really a total surprise hero, but Alvarez, uh, is it Jordan or Jordan? Yeah, Jordan. Jordan. Yeah. He's originally from yeah. Cuba. He's only 22. He's a big, strong dude. I think he's primed to hit a key home run at the right time. He seems more mature than his age to me. And then for the Nationals... My surprise hero is Kurt Suzuki. He's been 12 years in MLB. He's played with the A's, the Braves, the Twins. He's just like that veteran catcher who at the right time does something great. And he may never hit 300. He may never make the Hall of Fame. But this is his moment to shine. So I'm going to pick Suzuki. So, Eric, do you have some surprise stars to pick? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of hard with the Astros to pick a surprise star yeah. because everybody is contributed but uh but i'm, I'm gonna go with carlos correa just because um uh, one he you know he, he didn't have the greatest um, regular season and he's really struggled uh in the postseason i think he's he's ready for a breakout i think he's going to come through uh for the team in the uh and probably have a, a big hit in the uh, uh in the in the series so um he's you know he's batting let's see 170 in 171 in the uh postseason so i think he's he's primed to to come through uh, and then over on the uh, the national side, um, I'm going with uh, Victor Robles. Um, he's a Houston boy, so he's back in town. I think he's going to be inspired. He's already, you know, he didn't do much during the regular season. He's already been hot during the postseason. I think he's going to have a uh, a really strong showing continue, especially for the home crew. He's out looking for uh, some good taquerias today. I understand. <laughs> Well, while you're talking, Eric, of course I'm watching the first game right now. Guess who had an error? The Mr. Dependable <laughs> Star, your hero, Correa, has already had an error in the first inning here. So. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, that's that's that's, <laughs> that's, right, how, that's right. how we pick him on the show, folks. You think you think I'd know better since it was his error that started the Royals rally here in Houston uh, oh. back in 2015. So. Oh, you have a long you know, memory on that kind of stuff, huh? Yeah. Well, you know, you know what? Just just so that you know, they uh, they actually ruled that a single. Oh wow! They did, and they, you... did, they did not. It was an infield. It was it was an infield single. They did not rule it an error. It was an infield single. So you, you gotta you gotta love the hometown. Uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, scores. Gene's been an official scorer for many years. Would you have considered that a single? Did you see it? Uh, uh yeah, I saw it. I I would say it was borderline. I probably would have called it an error. He was but, right there, hit his glove. Yeah. Uh, he didn't have to move. Yeah. So, but the, the, uh, but the 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 mitigating factor in, in plays like that is how fast Trey Turner is. Oh yeah. So you know he was there, and if you make any kind of a uh, even a little flinch, Trey Turner is so fast getting down the line, and I think that's why they ruled it a single, just because of Turner's speed, saying it was going to be close anyway. Ah, uh, so if it was a slow guy running down there, it would have been an error. Oh, absolutely. Ah, see, I learn something every week. Yep. All Good right, stuff. Gene, tell us your surprise people here. Uh, well, you know what? You actually stole my thunder for the Astros. I was going to go with Alvarez as well. Oh, wow. um, just because, look, this is a guy that when he came up in the regular season, he was tearing the cover off the ball. And in the postseason, 
Uh, he has done a great impersonation of a Dutch windmill. Uh, he has been striking out at a prodigious rate. So, I mean, I think he's going to figure it out. I mean, I know that this is a hell of a pitching staff to have to figure it out against, but I, I kind of think Alvarez may, uh, may come through with a couple of big hits. So he's my surprise for the Astros, even though you stole my thunder. Sorry, and, uh, you know, for the, uh, you know, for the nationals, the funny part was I almost said Kurt Suzuki. Uh, when I was looking at it today, I almost said Suzuki, but I decided I'm going to go with the bullpen instead, and I'm going to go with Sean Doolittle. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Doolittle. I, Dr. Doolittle. I, number one, I love Sean Doolittle. I follow him on Twitter. He is a great follow on Twitter. Uh, he's an entertaining guy. Look, he's been in the league a long time. He's got postseason experience with the Oakland Athletics uh, I think that, you know, and that bullpen has been maligned quite a bit. So I'm looking for Sean Doolittle to come through and have, uh, have a couple of big outings for the, uh, for the nationals. Okay. There you go. Well, it's, what's your prediction? Let's start off before we get to some world series trivia. Uh, Gene, do you have a prediction? Who's going to win in how many games? Yeah. Astros are going to win in six. Ooh, six games. So that means Cole yeah, will pitch twice. Yes, and, and, it, and it would not shock me if it only went five, but I think Astros in six. All right. Eric, I even hesitate to even ask you since you love in Houston. But <laughs> I, would, I was actually going to say Astros in six, too. Um, I think you know, their, their bats have been a little iffy in the, uh, in the postseason, so uh, if the bats come alive, especially if Correa wakes up, it, it could easily go five, but I think uh, Astros in six. Nice, nice. All right. So, and I'm predicting obviously like everybody else Astros, but I'm gonna say seven just to be fun. I think most people think the Nationals were a little lucky to get this far, but I think they're so loose. I think they're gonna come up with a few surprises and and just help the TV ratings get all the way to November. But I'm not sure Major League Baseball is thrilled with this matchup if if the Nationals really draw as much as another team would have drawn for TV ratings. Well, they may not be. I mean, obviously, uh, the Dodgers are a more sexy pick because the Dodgers TV market's a lot bigger. So they would have obviously preferred the Dodgers, but it is what it is. But I'll tell you what I like, guys. In this day of analytics and openers and all this other stuff, we have two teams out there with legitimate starting pitching. Yes. You know, we're going we're going to see real starting pitching. We're not going to see Larry Moe and Curly starting games for <laughs> for these teams. So so yeah. yeah. So being the dinosaur that I am, I am really happy that we have two teams with legitimate starting pitching. I think that's I, it's awesome. Well, yep. That's old school thinking. As long as you have two or three starters, the rest of the team can get hot and then you can go a long way, right? Uh, you know, look, I, I am, uh, I'm really old school because I'm the one, if the, the guy pitching game one, I want him pitching game four and I want him pitching game Ooh, seven. That's, wow. yeah, that's how old I am. Mm, <laughs> All right. So, well, and that's really, you know, that's kind of what the, um, the Astros, you know, kind of set themselves up for. I mean, they wanted Cole to be, be ready to go for game one. Right. Um, you know, so they did the bullpen game, you know, as I, man, if I agree hundred percent, just man, run them out, run that guy out there as much as you can. You can rest, you can rest in November. Yep. Well, and you know, the thing is, is, you know, and I, I don't mean to, to, to monopolize things, but when you think about this, how do you think Wade Miley feels, you know, after the year that he had, I mean, he was fairly dependable for them. Yes. He's hittable. Yes. He's a, he is a, a case of Rolades every time he comes <laughs> in the game, but 
But you know, I mean, this is a guy that was a dependable pitcher, and now, I mean, he couldn't get into the game with a with a pistol, mm. you know. <laughs> so you I mean, you know, you kind of feel bad for the guy, but I think right now we're seeing the AJ Hinch is is feels comfortable with three guys, and I can't yep. say that I blame him. No, I don't blame yeah. him at all. Hundred percent agree. Right. Okay, guys, we've said several times, at least Gene and I have, that we're old. So I have some World <laughs> Series trivia, and it goes back a few years, but not as far back as we were talking initially. And uh, I'm going to start with Eric. And Eric, since you love the Kansas City Royals even more than the Houston Astros, I'm going to go back all the way back to 1985, that great year of your life when Kansas City won it. So I have a couple questions. We'll start with the first one. You ready? Yes. Yes, you are. In, Dane Orge. <laughs> <laughs> in 1985, the Royals topped the Western Division for the sixth time in 10 years. They had to beat two American League teams before facing the Mets. What were those two American League teams? Wait, one more time. The Royals made it to the World Series in 1985. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. To, to, I'm going to go. I'm sorry. I'm really messing this up. So we can edit this, folks. So I'm going to go back. And there we go. All right. You won't even hear this mess. All right, here we go. Ready, Eric? Yes. Okay. In 2015, let's go more recent. The Royals had to beat these two American League teams before facing the Mets in the World Series. What were those two American League teams? Oh, the, the two teams they had to play that year. Okay, so that was Toronto in the championships and in the, the ALCS and the ALDS was, was that the year we played Baltimore? That, no, that was 2014. Oh, good grief. Um, Where do you live, man? Oh yeah, it was Houston. Yeah. I was actually at those games. <laughs> wow. What um, were you yeah. drinking or smoking, man? You don't remember you were there. No, at the yeah. Yeah. I was literally at the ALDS here in Houston. Um, <laughs> uh, when they had a big rally that I mentioned, like, uh, 15 minutes ago. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So Astros, and then, uh, and 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 you call us old. Yeah, I, think I, know, I know. They sell I'm supplements for memory loss, Eric. So just, <laughs> yeah, just in case you need that. All right. My, my problem is I buy those supplements by the six pack. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Not very good. All right. Here's your second one, Eric, on the 2015 World Series. Okay. Um, the Royals entered the All-Star break with the best record in the American League, but they went ahead and traded three prospects, Brandon Finnegan, John Lamb, and Cody Reed, for this 2014 All-Star pitcher to help booster their starting pitching rotation. Who was that All-Star pitcher? Uh, I can picture him, and I can't spit out his name. The guy from San Francisco. Well, he went to San Francisco after he left us. Um, last name starts with S. Uh, no. No? No. E? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should I help him out, Gene? Wait, what year yeah. is it? 2015? Yes. Yeah. Johnny Cueto. Uh, Cueto. Cueto. You say Cueto. And you were right, though. You were right, though. He, you were right, though. He did go to San Francisco. Yeah. But that was a C. His last name starts with a C. I thought you said it? S, didn't you? You said S. Said S and then C. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said E. No, see. (laughs) I don't know how much editing I can do in this podcast, folks. We're going to keep moving on. All right, Gene, since you love the Red Sox, I'll give you some questions for the Red Sox. Um, Okay. The Red Sox won, obviously, in 2018, but they also won in 2013. What player for Boston in 2013 also won the World Series with the Chicago Cubs 
in 2016. David Ross. You are right. And that's an example of one of these catchers, like Kurt Suzuki, who can make a big difference in a yep. team to help guide a good pitching staff along. So David Ross, David Ross might be the next manager of the Chicago Cubs. Yes, he might. Wow, that would be something. All right, Gene, what was the team's motto during 2018 during their season, the Red Sox during 2018? Their motto? They had a motto. They did? In 2013, it's really straightforward. It was Boston Strong. But in 2018, they had another motto. <laughs> they did? They did. <laughs> no, that's not the motto. Uh... Right. I don't remember. All right. Their motto during the season, according to Wikipedia, which knows all things, is do yeah. damage. Uh, uh, and then, oh, okay. And after right, the season was over, they had damage done. Yeah, okay. I remember that. I, you know, it's funny. It never struck me as a motto. That was just something. That actually became like a key word around Major League Baseball now. Everybody talks about doing damage now. So, uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, okay, I'll buy it. It's sort of sure. weird. That sounds, it doesn't sound like a positive thing, does it? Damage. No, no. Well, you know, that's like Aaron Boone saying his guys were a bunch of savages and then they hit about 150 in the ALCS this year. <laughs> All right, Gene, I have another but, one for I don't, you. I don't sound bitter, though, do I? No, no. I have another one to make up for that one. This okay, is go ahead. based on the 2013 World Series. The Red Sox right. uh, beat the St. Louis Cardinals four games yep. to two. The Red right. Sox became the first team since this 1991 team to win the World Series after finishing last place the previous year. 1991. So they went from last place to yeah. winning it no, all. No, I know what you're saying. I'm just trying to remember who the hell won in 91. Should I play the Jeopardy music here, folks? Yeah, I can't remember who won in 91. It's Minnesota. Oh, the Twins? Yes. No, so, that was against the Braves, right? Right. It oh, was that's right. Yeah, Braves, it was. Yeah, but that that's was the right. last team that went from worst to first. One of the one of the million series that the that the Braves lost. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Tell me about it, man. I got I got some trivia for you. All right, go for it. Oh. All right. Now that the Cubs have uh, have have made it to the World Series, what team right now has the longest World Series drought? Hmm. I'm gonna say Seattle Mariners. Well, I think well I, that I that does, that doesn't count because they've never been in one. Oh, but that's outside, true. outside of them, any any other team other, outside of the Mariners, what team has the longest drought going to the World Series? Hmm. They were mentioned. They were mentioned earlier in this podcast. <laughs> oh gosh, what do I have to look through? Um, gosh, I don't know, Eric. Do you know? Uh, the Rangers, right? Nope. Nope. The Pittsburgh. Pirates. Oh, oh right. 1979. You, the We Are Family team is the last time. That's the last one. That's oh. the last one. And How they, about that? And they have Barry Bonds. I mean, Bobby Bonds are both Rex at one time. So, wow, it's amazing. Uh, I got. I got one more. Okay. All right. What team has lost the most World Series? Yankees. Yankees? That would be you my guess because they've been in so You many. are correct. Yeah, you are yeah. correct. They've lost 13 of them. They've been in 40 of them. They've won 27 <laughs> and lost 13. Yikes. Yeah, that was, that was just based on quantity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly right. That's pretty tough that unless you win it, every season's a disappointment. You know? If you're well, a Yankee uh, fan. 
Yeah, well, you know, and I'll tell you what, a great thing I saw on Twitter today. They, a woman uh, had got a letter from the Yankees already asking her to re-up her season tickets next year. Uh-huh. And, and she posted on Twitter her response to the Yankees and basically was, is as soon as Hal Steinbrenner decides to spend some money on real pitching to get back in touch with her and she'll be happy to renew her <laughs> season tickets. <laughs> but, that, but that tells you right there how spoiled Yankee fans are. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, but I said that is absolutely priceless. Mm. Mm. All right. <laughs> Do you have any other trivia there? Or was that about it? I yeah. I actually, I actually, uh, what? Uh, and this is this. We're going back a long way. So even for old people like us, what two cities <laughs> mm-hmm. were the first to appear in the modern era of the baseball World Series? Okay. Is Philadelphia one of them? No. Ooh. Cincinnati. No. Mm. Boston. That's half of it. Uh. Boston and Cleveland? No. Boston and New York? No. So, so this is before this, this, divisions? This, 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 this is back. This is in the modern era of baseball. This is back in 1903. It was the Boston Americans in the American League and the National League team has been mentioned on this podcast. Sam, I can't be San Francisco. Um, no, we've said a lot of teams here, buddy. Um, well, uh, yeah, but I, I I used that exact phrase earlier with the other trivia question. This team has been mentioned on this podcast. Pittsburgh. That's correct. Uh, <laughs> I can follow the instructions. Pittsburgh Pirates. It was the Boston <laughs> Americans and the Pittsburgh Pirates back in uh, nineteen oh three. And here's a little trivia: <clears throat> Bing Crosby actually owned the a part of the Pittsburgh Pirates for quite a while. Oh, that, really? No. I, that I did not know. Is that right? Yeah, and uh, uh, Bob Hope owned the Cleveland Indians, or part of them, huh. for a long time. I did not know so that. So when they used to kid around in sometimes their radio shows or their movies, they would joke about how bad their teams were. <laughs> so you can imagine today, like Snoop Dogg owning part of the Astros, or uh, you know, some celebrities owning different part of teams. Back then it was cool to own part of a... A baseball team, and probably some of our listeners are saying, Bing who? Bob who? Yeah, right. <laughs> I have no idea who those guys are. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, now you, now you almost have to be a rich celebrity to own a team because, I mean, you know, it costs billions of dollars. You can't, you know, I mean, I, actually, you know, the only, the only celebrity that could probably afford to own anything now would be Oprah. <laughs> well, in Dodgers, you have a bunch of celebrities owning that. I mean, they bring in Magic Johnson and some other people. Right. And in basketball you have michael jordan or owning a team is there any current baseball player you think is going to be rich enough someday to own part of a team Hmm. you mean outside of Derek jeter yeah uh i guess right you know i I mean there's going to be players that are going to be able to mike trout will be able to afford it when he retires but it's it's not a question i don't think of money these days because i think a lot of guys are going to have the money it's desire Mm. are they going to want to you know, I mean, I, you could kind of see, I always thought Jeter would end up a manager. I didn't expect him to become an owner. Um, but you could tell that, that Jeter was a lifer. A lot of these young kids now, I don't get the sense that a lot of these kids are, are lifers. Mm-hmm. You know, I may be wrong, but it's a, it's a sense I get when they, the way they play the game, I just get the sense that they're here, they're having fun. They're going to collect their money. And then when it's time, they're just going to ride off into the sunset. I'm not sure how many of these guys mm-hmm. will stick around the game as much. 
Well, in football, Peyton Manning sure looks like he's having a few years off here, and then he's even said he wants to be a part owner of a team down the road. Uh, Eric, did you have any World Series trivia for us? I did not. I do not have any World Series trivia. Do you have any trivia of any sort? <laughs> um, yeah, who were the three guitarists for the uh, the Yardbirds who went on to uh, uh, Eric, rock and roll fame? Eric, Eric Clapton. Yeah. That's the only one I know. Um, <laughs> wow. That's the only one. What was you, the you, guy you, with the dark hair and glasses? Um, oh, I can't remember his name. Who was the lead singer? Um, anyways, who who are the other two? Uh, the other two is it was, it was uh, Jimmy Page. Oh, Jimmy Page. Oh, yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. That's right. Yeah, and Jeff Beck. Oh, yeah. But that wasn't the group Roy Orbison was in, was it? <laughs> no, 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 no. That was the Traveling Wilburys. Oh, that's yeah. it. That okay. was about that was about twenty years later. Oh, yeah. Okay. You could tell that music is not my strong suit there. <laughs> no, that's all right. We we, uh, we we forgive you. Yeah. yeah. All right. So here we have the game playing already. It's uh, scoreless right now. I think pitching is really dominating and. Guys, you know, do we want to make much of that? The later we wait, the colder um, it gets. Hey, um, hey, uh, hey, hey, Paul. Hey, Paul, yeah. Yeah, Paul, <laughs> it's no longer scoreless. Yeah. Oh, it's the two Astros, nothing Astros. The, yeah. Gary Gurriel with a two run double. Sure, uh, Springer just got roughed up. Yep, Springer and Altuve score. It is two nothing Strohs. Yes. Yeah. So if, if Scherzer has a tough night, I, I don't see how the Nationals. Pull this off. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I have confidence that Strasburg can give them a good game. You know, oh, yeah. but again, but again, they need Scherzer to. They need him to pitch, uh, and they need him to pitch well because I'm not sure that Patrick Corbin is that reliable. Um, he is, you know, he's been a little bit shaky. And look, you know what? I loved uh, uh, Anibal Sanchez. He's been great in the postseason, but I'm not sure. I'm really feel good about his his <laughs> delivery no. in the World Series. I mean, I think he got by. But I'm not sure if they got to rely on him to bail out Max Scherzer. I think we're in big, big trouble if we're a national yep. fan. Yeah, they were doing a segment on Fox before the game started. How Scherzer practically throws sidearm. He throws a four-seam uh, fastball, and his delivery point is way off to the side. And it's the lowest point, and then the person, the pitcher with the highest delivery point, is Justin Verlander, and it just it makes the ball move in different ways but if he if his ball's not breaking he's in deep trouble here so we'll see well the bad news the bad news for scherzer is he looks like he's going to throw 25 plus pitches in the first inning and uh, that that's not good for longevity especially if they got to get into that bullpen for the nationals too early right right yeah and he's he's still out there and in this at bat is yeah four four pitches deep so yeah it's gonna be it could be a tough night for him so having yeah, I, half the games in Houston, or at least starting in Houston, takes away the whole idea of cold weather for this World Series, at least to start. Um, do you think cold weather is overrated? Do you think that people make too much of that and when it gets to the World Series? No, no. I think cold weather um, plays a big, uh, especially for batters. I mean, I agree, yeah. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, you, you hit the ball off the sweet part of the bat and it hurts and the, the ball doesn't fly as far. Um, it's 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 a pretty serious game changer. Yeah, you know, and what what else has been interesting too is uh, you know with all the with all the home runs that were hit this year, mm-hmm. they are saying that well, going into last week there had been sixty four home runs hit in the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. Holy cow! 
All right, but wait, yeah, but hang on. This is the amazing part. Based on the the analytics, you know, they they now target exit exit velocity and launch angle and all that stuff. Based on the, all the statistics that they've had from the playoffs in the regular season, there should have been a hundred home runs, not sixty four. Oh, which conspiracy! Is, which is which is which is telling. Well, you know what? Everybody's been griping about the ball this year and about how the ball is juiced. And everybody was predicting we were going to have a record number of home runs sit in the playoffs this year. Now, all of a sudden, we're getting all these these numbers that say we should have this many more home runs. Nothing's happening. So now everybody's asking, did Major League Baseball unjuice the ball for the playoffs? <laughs> and they're specially made balls, right? Well, and well, yeah, well, no, they're not. At least not according to Major League Baseball. They say that the balls being used in the postseason are from the same batch that were used in the regular season. So what now, do you attribute to people being more tense during the? Uh, I don't know. I mean, better somebody, pitching. Better pitching, I think, is some of it. Now, but the conspiracy theorists would tell you that baseball is lying to you because Major League Baseball owns 25% of Rawlings, right. who manufactures the baseballs. You know, I don't think it's that, but I think it's more better. I think it's pitching, and I also think that there is a change in the atmosphere. It's not as hot as it is in the regular season, and I think that the atmospheric conditions maybe play into that a little bit more which is why, guys, there's been guys that have hit balls, and they've been shocked. You've watched them, and they've been standing at the plate, and they're shocked the ball didn't go out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll tell you one. So here in Houston, and this this drives me bonkers, but, uh, you know, I mean, the Dome is closed tonight, and it is a gorgeous night. Yeah, why? why? Why close the stupid Dome? I mean, right. it's, it, it is just about as good as it gets here. You know, it's low 70s, low humidity. You know, there's like ten of these days a year, right? You know, in the in the swamp here. Um, so yeah, they should have the the dome open, but yeah. So that mitigates a little bit of that, um, but still, it's like why, why close? Yeah, the dome? and uh, it doesn't make any sense. I that, that's that's silly. And just wait till they get back to Washington and it's forty degrees for a game. <laughs> right, it's gonna it'll be great. Right. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm gonna have one last segment, and both of you can have a little time to think about this and. I think I've asked it before, but if you were commissioner of baseball for next year, what would you change? What would you change? And for me, I would change how long the season is and give the players um, some more days off, too. There was an article about the secret in the NBA is the NBA has such a brutal schedule. The players have a chronic problem of insomnia. They can't fall asleep. They're not doing well. They're taking drugs and other things to put themselves to sleep and to wake themselves back up. And I feel like the baseball season is just too long. I get the money angle, um, but I just feel like it's too long. So that's what I would change in baseball. And I would also have independent lab test the baseballs before they even <laughs> make it to the game. So you just take away that whole question about whether it's juiced or not. Just, just how, sh how, short, how short would you cut it, Paul? The... I would cut it. I want the everything done by the middle of October. I'd cut it about two to three weeks. I think going in November is ridiculous. And at this rate, they may or may not make it to November. I mean, they're trying to get it in as quick as possible. But um, I just think it's too long right now. And also, you're competing against football right now uh, in so many ways. I think for ratings, it doesn't help being longer. And you guys have silence. Any who anybody else want to chime in? If you were, well, I I, I I can't tell you. I mean, I, that's the last thing I want is them to cut the season. <laughs> Not with you, hundred yeah. percent, Gene. You know, I know. I you know what? 
I, I think I would be okay if they cut it back to the 154 games that it used to be. You know, instead of 162, I guess I'd be okay with that, but I don't want to cut back any more than that. Mm. Um, you know, and I think, and by the way, you know, you want to give guys more days off. You know what you could do? How about scheduling double headers the way they used to? Oh. You know, have two have two games yeah. in a day. You know, and then we can give guys games off, and you'll have a chance. But now it's all about money. They don't want to have a double header. But do that, and you could you could build in some days off. Let's play two, like Ernie Banks said. Absolutely, exactly. absolutely. Uh, if else? I was if yeah if I was commissioner for a day, or you know if I was commissioner for next year, I would do away with replay instantly. Ooh, oh, every 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 bit of it. I hate it. Hate you know, it with a passion. Hey, uh, and you want to talk about the reason games are going so long? That's one of the reasons. I hate replay. I want it to go away forever. Mm. In every sport, by the way. Oh. Well, because you're taking away the human element. You're taking away. The fun of the game, we're taking away. We can't have arguments between managers and umpires anymore. You know, we, we're taking away the, the the human element of the game by injecting technology into it too much. Mm. And, you know, we and, and we've gone now, we've gone past the replay. We've gone into the whole analytics thing, which is a whole nother nightmare. But but I just think that we're taking away the human part of the game. And I think that's to the game's detriment. OK, I agree that I don't want them to be calling strikes with a computer. I think that no. was totally wrong. And though they're trying it out. Eric, if you're a commissioner for next year, besides giving yourself a raise, what would you do? <laughs> that's, a, that's a solid point, uh, Paul. Um, I, so to me, baseball's biggest problem right now is butts in the seats. And so yeah. I, I think they should, you know, find more ways to get, especially like the out. The, the outfield seats used to be cheap everywhere, right? You could walk up mm-hmm. yep. and, you, you know, pay you know, under $10 to, uh, to get a seat out in the outfield. I think they should come up with some ways to get more people out there at a, at a really low, uh, you know, price point. Um, to me, that's going to get people out there. Um, they can make it a little more fun, but I mean, you know, I don't uh, know. I think, I think it's yeah. more, more of a dollar thing. Um, and, but make the, the game environment, you know, you know, the tailgating kind of like what, um, you know, football has done, make it more of an event around it. But I really think they need to focus on just getting people uh, to the stadiums themselves. Um, and uh, yeah, totally, you know, I, I would never want to see this, this season shortened. I do think maybe there's something they could do with the playoffs. Um, it seems like we, you know, I don't, um, I like to see more teams in the playoffs. It creates more excitement. Um, but I don't, it does seem like the, the the playoffs is what they keep extending. It's not necessarily the season. The season's been 162 games for 50 years. Um, so uh, it was what right before Maris's um, mm-hmm. home run that they expanded yep. the season, right? Speaking uh, yeah. of home in, runs, in yeah, was. Ryan uh, Zimmerman just launched Zimmerman one. Just jacked one. Yeah. Yeah. And All Garrett, right. Cole, that's just the second earned run Garrett Cole's given up in the uh, in the postseason. <laughs> wow, that's how good he's been. You know, but I, I'm with you. You know, and how about you know the Red Sox this year didn't make the playoffs? Do you know their average ticket price is going up again? Mm. How yeah. much? Do you, how, how much do you think Red Sox fans are happy about that one? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, it's just it's just absolutely silly. You know, and it's it's all about it's all about the dollar and and uh, 
You know, at some point the rubber is going to meet the road. I don't know if we're there yet, but it's getting close. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've got the, you've got the added problem that as people unsubscribe from the cable services Mm -hmm. and, you know, I mean, TV revenue is going to start going down at some point and they've been making all their bank on, on TV revenue and they're going to have to make more out of uh, what's going on at the stadium. But I don't think ticket prices is the way to go. Because no. you know, as, as a guy who's worked in the newspaper industry for a long time, mm. uh, raising your subscription prices doesn't really help. No. <laughs> yeah. Advertising yeah. dollars go down. So the commissioner's job is a tough job, but I can think of a tougher job for next year. Uh, that's the new manager of the Los Angeles Angels, uh, Joe Madden. Uh, he's walking into quite a mess out there. How do you think he, he's going to do, guys? Well, it depends on who they sign for pitching. You know, I mean, look, they've got the best player in baseball in Mike Trout. Um, but their pitching staff is a wreck. Uh, um, and I think target number one for them is going to be the guy pitching for the Astros tonight. I think they're going to offer Garrett Cole the sun, the moon, and the stars. He's a Southern California kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they're going to try to bring him home. If they can get them some pitching, I think he'll be fine. Look, I think they've still got Albert Pujols. I know Pujols is on the downside of his career, but the guy still can hit home runs. He still can drive in runs. They've got one of the best defensive shortstops in baseball in Andrelton Simmons. Uh, you know, they've got some, they've got some pieces there. Um, they've just got to get some pitching. I mean, I don't, I, Casey Stengel could have been the manager there this year and they're not going to win it. Mm-hmm. You know, Brad Osmus was screwed before he took the job with that pitching staff. Mm-hmm. He went from the Tigers yeah, to the I, Angels. He's yeah, yeah. There's, there's a great I just, move. I think uh, I think Madden is, um, you know, I, I just man, I, I have trouble seeing him having a lot of success there, um, just because. Um, and I don't know, did he? They still have like the same GM, right? I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and their their problem is that they spend all this money on big stars. And and the supporting cast around them is always terrible. I mean, that's that's been their mo for quite a while. I mean, they right. paid so much for Pujols, and it's right. it's it's really has you know drained a lot of their resources. And I just I, mean, it's, I think it's they're probably you know when Pujols retires, which why would he at this point? Mm-hmm. But um, he's still making a lot of bank. Um, and yeah, and I think he's still got two or three years left on that, right, that it was, contract. Yeah, it was an incredibly long contract. Yeah. Um, so I just I think they've got unless they have more money than I think they do, um, they've got uh, it's it's going to be tough for any manager to win there. Mm-hmm. You no, know, Artie Moreno, the owner, Artie Moreno, the owner, has said he is not afraid to spend money, and yeah, he is he has said he's got some targets for the off season. Um, but you know the thing is, is I think they do want Cole. The problem is, is that means you're probably going to have to pay Cole north of thirty million dollars a year. I mean, David Price got thirty million bucks a year from the Red Sox. Uh, Garrett Cole's going to command more than that, and you're already paying Mike Trout what forty million a year, mm. and yeah. Pujols and Pujols twenty five million dollars. That's a hundred million dollars for three guys. Wow. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what they're, you know, I don't know how they're going to pull it off. But uh, uh, if they don't get him some pitching help, it doesn't. It's not going to matter who the manager is, Madden or anybody else. They're not going to win. And the Nationals' yep. payroll is real low this year. I mean, they made it to the World Series, and they didn't have a big payroll. So, well, I mean, but look, the, how about the Oakland Athletics and the Tampa Bay Rays were both in the playoffs and they were in the thought that like the, the, the lowest payroll and the third to lowest payroll in baseball. And they made the playoffs. Right. So it's not about how much money you spend. It's how smart you spend your money. Yep. Mm. 
Mm. That should be on a bumper sticker somewhere. You know, <laughs> it you, probably is. <laughs> or has your wife drilled that into you somehow? Well, there, there is that too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, uh, we're going to wrap up the podcast for tonight, and we're definitely going to come back together either right before the World Series ends, game five or six, or right after it's done to wrap up a good season. And so uh, before we end, any final words there, Gene? Uh, yeah, go Astros. Go Stros. Uh, you got to root. You got him an American League guy. You got to root for the Astros. I asked Eric earlier, "What is the common guy's beer in Houston?" And what is it, Eric? Well, so that's a two-part answer. One, so like everybody, <laughs> most people drink uh, St. Arnold's here. That's the uh, St. Arnold, the patron saint of beer. Uh, that's the oldest craft brewery in uh, 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 in Texas. I don't know if it's any relation. I don't know. If, I don't know. If, I'm uh, looking for the royalty the somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, you should. You should be. Um, uh, but really, the beer that's gotten very hard to find right now. Um, there's uh, another a big brewery, uh, uh, Carbach, and they brew the official beer of the Astros called Crawford Bach. So as it's in the dark boxes. boxes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which is, I'm sure where Zimmerman's home Homer landed, which is <laughs> about 30 yards from home plate. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but they, uh, but anyway, so Crawford Bach, which has the, the old school Astro stripes on the can is extremely popular. Um, I went for, uh, the final game of the ALCS. I went to a local Torchy's Tacos, which is an excellent taco place if you ever uh, get in Houston or Austin. Um, and there's, I'm sure some other cities have them, but a fine, a fine taco distributor here. Um, but the uh, the Crawford Bach was completely out, and I can't seem to find it in any of the stores either. But it's a, it's a nice little beer. And go. by the way, Z- Zimmerman's home run went out to center field. Oh, did it? Okay. Yeah, he hit the heck out of it. Yeah, he crushed it. All right, thanks for listening to Boys of Summer. Um, You can listen to us on redcircle.com or iTunes or even YouTube now. We've gotten a channel on YouTube. Just look up my name, Paul Arnold, and you can listen there or share it with your friends. So for the other guys, let's play ball. Play ball.